Section 9 of Gadsby. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kathy Reynolds, Albany, New York. Gadsby by Ernest Vincent Wright. Chapter 9. I think that now you should know this charming Gadsby family, so I will bring forth Lady Gadsby, about whom I told you at Gadsby's inauguration as mayor. A loyal churchwoman with a vocal ability for choir work, and with good capability on piano or organ, no woman could fill in in so many ways, and no woman was so willing and quick to do so. Gadsby had two sons, bright lads and popular with all. Julius was of a studious turn of mind, always poring through books of information, caring not what kind of information it was, so long as it was information and not fiction. Gadsby had thought of his growing up as a school instructor, for no work is so worthy as imparting what you know to any who long to study. But William, oh, hum, our mayor and Lady Gadsby didn't know just what to do with him, for all his thoughts clung around girls and fashions in clothing. Probably our high school didn't contain a girl who didn't think that at no distant day Bill Gadsby would turn from a callow youth into a big-catch husband, for a mayor's son in so important a city as ours was a mark for any girl to shoot at. But Bill was not of a marrying disposition, loving girls just as girls, but holding out no hand to any in particular always in first-class togs, without missing a solitary fad which a young man should adopt, Gadsby's bill was a lion in his own right, with no girl in sight who had that tact through which a lasso could land around his manly throat. Gadsby had many a laugh, looking back at his own boyhood days, his various flirtations and such wild, throbbing palpitations as a boy's flirtations can instill, and looking back through just such ogling groups as now sought his offspring, until a girl, oh, so long ago, had put a stop to all such flirtations, and got that lasso on with a strangling hold, as Gadsby says, and it is still on today. But this family was not all boys. Oh, my, no. Two girls also sat around that family board. First following William was Nancy, who, as Gadsby laughingly said, didn't know how to grow and now in high school was about as big as a pint of milk and of such outstanding charm that Gadsby continually got solicitations to allow photographing for soft drink and similar billboard displays. No, sir, not for any sort of pay. In allowing public distribution of a girl's photo, you don't know into what situation said photos will land. I find daily photographs of girls blowing about vacant lots, all soggy from rains, also in a ditch with its customary filth, or stuck up on a brick wall or drawn onto an imaginary body showing a brand of tights or pajamas. No, sir, not for my girl. Fourth in this popular family was Kathleen, of what is known as a classical mold, with a brain which at no distant day will rank high in biology and microscopy. For Kathleen was of that sort which finds fascination in studying out many what's and why's amongst that vast array of facts about our origin. This study, which too many young folks avoid as not having practical worth, had a stronghold on Kathleen, who could not sanction such frivolous occupations as cards, dancing, or plain school gossip. Not for an instant. 
Kathleen thought that such folks had no thoughts for anything but transitory thrills. But in biology, ah, why not study it and find out how a tiny microscopic drop of protoplasm can, through unknown laws, grow into living organisms, which can not only go on living, but can also bring forth offspring of its kind. And not only that, as said offspring must combat various kinds of surroundings and try various foods, why not watch odd variations occur and follow along until you find an animal, bird, plant, or bug of such a total dissimilarity as to form practically a class actually apart from its original form? Kathleen did just that, and Gadsby was proud of it. And I think, just a bit curious on his own part, as to occasional illustrations in this studious young lady's school books. Now it is known by all such natural faddists that any such a study has points in common with a branch akin to it, and Kathleen was not long in finding out that biology, with its facts of animal origin, could apply to a practical control of bugs on farms. This word bugs is hardly biological, but as Kathleen is in this story, with its strict orthographical taboo, bugs must unavoidably supplant any classical nomination for such things. So Mayor Gadsby sought Branton Hills Council's approval for a goodly sum, not only for such control, but also for study as to how to plant in ordinary soil and not risk losing half a crop from worms, slugs, and our awkwardly brought in bugs. This appropriation was a sort of prod, showing this council that publicity of any first-class kind was good for a city, and was casting about for anything which would so act until Gadsby's son Bill, who, you know, thought of nothing but girls and dolling up, found that Branton Hills had no distinction of its own in outfits for man or woman. So why not put up a goal of, say, $50 for anybody who could think up any worthy stunt in clothing, which should go out as Branton Hills this or Branton Hills that? Possibly just a form of hat brim, a cut of coat front, or a sporting outfit. And our worthy council did put up that goal, and many brought all sorts of plans to City Hall. And Bill won by thinking up a girl's, always girls with Bill, hiking outfit, consisting of a skirt with a rainproof lining, which could, during a storm, form a rain suit by putting it on, as Bill said, by substituting outwards for inwards. This will hit Bill amusingly as days go by. Going with it was a shirt with a similar turnout facility, and a hiking boot with high tops as guards against thorns and burrs, but which, by undoing a clasp, would slip off, and lo, you had a low-cut Oxford for ordinary occasions. In about a month, a big cotton mill had work going full blast on Branton Hill's turn-it-out sport and hiking outfit, and a small boot shop got out a pair of Bill's two-part boots, though saying that it would probably fall apart without warning. But Kathleen put on a pair and found it most satisfactory for a long, rough hill climb, hunting for bird and animal forms for biological study. This proof of Branton Hills goods was soon known in surrounding towns, and that critical boot shop and big cotton mill had hard work to fill calls from Canada, Holland, Russia, Spain, and Australia, and Bill was put upon Branton Hills' roll of honor. End of section 9